I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repetoculture Network. Still be heard. Okay. Let me see. The Gendra says, lateness will not be tolerated. Grab your pitchforks, folks. Three, three minutes late. Now it's telling Jeez. Ah. It's okay. We'll just leave this in. Yeah. No, this, this is good. This is fine. 30 seconds. We're here. It's not. There we are. We live. We're here. We're live. In the flesh. That's right. <laughs> Puget has pulled sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh. Bear hey, everybody. Yep. It's Monday. Um, we are here. It's episode 128 of Snakes and Stogies, which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com. That's right. Phil's pointing to him right there. Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Um, you know, we talk about them all the time. They're cages, they're racks. We love them. Their sliders are now available, like slide opening fronts and the XT3s are now available. So there's a lot of people that were that were kind of waiting for those to show up. The slider I'm so spoiled. And, I'm spoiled, uh, man. I've been playing with it for, for weeks now. You're going to play with it enough to send me pictures of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so get those, uh, if you, if you've been wanting sliders, hit them up. Um, I think the eight foot is also going to have a sliding option, uh, as well. So we've yet to sort of officially release the new sizes where it's, it's hundred percent my fault. I've been slacking. Um, it's going to happen though. We're going to get it announced and everything. So check them out. And then the fine folks who we talked to last week, uh, Puget Sound Pythons. They've got some pretty awesome projects. You need ball pythons. Uh, even the stuff they're going to be cranking out here in a couple of years. You know, liasis, maclets, all that good stuff. Liasis. Please follow them Facebook and Instagram as well. Um this week, I am smoking a Romeo and Juliet Reserve. Uh, this is the one with like the brown band. It's supposed to be like all Honduran, which I'm, I've been pretty vocal about how much I don't care for Honduran tobacco, but this one's actually pretty damn good. So I don't know. It feels rocking. Uh, I got a Blackbird Unkind for round two, if, it, if, if time allows, which I've actually been really enjoying that one. It's the one that's got a purple band on it, and it's phenomenal. Probably nice. one of the best. Really, really interesting blend on that one as well. So nice. That one's Toro. <clears throat> yeah, and this this uh, Romeo is like a Corona Doble, kind of like the larger size in the Liga stuff. All right, good stuff. But, I uh, I went left field. I I never. It's not that I don't like our father. I just never get them. And I and, I, and then I see it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's like one of the prettiest bands. Which one? Like of all time. Oh, dude, that was my my go to for the long. I know. Was those Lafleur's man? Those are yeah. that was 
So yes, we're, we're we got the uh, Flor de las Antillas in a Toro box press Toro, but yeah, man, our Father. So, but uh, tonight is there? How you been, Smitty? Good. How's the eggs? How's babies? How's uh? So humans? first first Baird's rat started pipping today. Sweet. Came home from work. The two from the I was supposed to be the clutch of seven, but five of them were no good. So I got two eggs. One of them is pipping. It's the head hypos. And then next stop is the Loma Altas, which has been a long time coming. And then after that, uh, thorn scrubs, which those probably won't even be hatching until probably around Daytona, if I had to guess, if that, maybe even later. But yeah. Baby season's in full swing. Got a couple things available on Morph Market right now. Some Dion's, um, two of the Caramel Miamis that I got that Chris sent me that we're we're parting with because we, he and I have teamed up like we've been talking about before. Um, and then I'm going to be posting. I think I need to up my Morph Market membership because I don't think I have enough slots for the other stuff I need to post. But I've got some some <laughs> Ladies Island corns that have now had consecutive meals in them, and so I'm going to go ahead and post some of those. I think it's like three females and two males that I'm for sure parting with. Um, the Het Ghost Clutch, still working on that. They haven't had any meals yet. They've All of them except one have shed. So got that was a really female-heavy clutch, which is surprising. I think out of the whole clutch, there was like three males and the rest are females so far. Oh, wow. Um, out of like 11. So it's uh, it's been pretty interesting. I'm keeping just about every tester that popped out. Uh, All right, because that was kind of the goal of that whole. And did some of those look incredible, dude? Incredible, crazy. And like, I'm not a tester guy, but like, I love dude. Those things are screaming babies. Tester is just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. You throw it on. It's like Old Bay. Put on anything. It's gonna make it better. Everglades seasoning. Yeah, but someone who knows all too well about tesseras and, and the things as far as corns go. I've had a few. This, this should be a corn stars episode. You were on the corn stars list. I just never got around to actually, <laughs> actually, actually doing it. Um, Cause I mean, it is a new show, so it is what it is, but uh, yeah. So we're joined this week by Mr. Donovan Winterburton. Welcome to the show, bro. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolute. I, honor. I, I actually was in my mind thinking that this show could be more about like, this like where donovan came from the stuff he keeps and then of course the artwork and then this would be the ultimate segue for a corn stars episode so that all depends uh, on on if he's even wanting to, to do all that i'm not going to put you on the spot or anything we can well, figure that out later but we're going to hold him at corn point <laughs> corn point wow that's a new low for you phil i know that was a really Ooh. bad dad joke sorry Ooh. i'm just gonna mute myself now I may or may not have made a list of all the corn puns to use, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> I love it. It's great. So, yeah, man, welcome to the show. Thanks. So, for those of you who have not seen Donovan's artwork, it's fantastic because there's such it. it's a unique style unto himself, but he has kind of like the tattoo cartoony stuff and then he's also got like the really in-depth realistic stuff and it's freaking awesome man that just i had to get it out there it's freaking awesome thanks 
Yeah, it's uh, I'm constantly trying different things and using a lot of different styles. I'm just trying to. I'm ne- I've never really tried to go for hyper realism. I more want when I make something, people know that I made it, um, and people who fortunately, unfortunately, know me in person. There's a lot of my personality in that, and I think that's just one thing about all artists really is like the more you get to know them, you can see aspects of their character in their stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of a little different. So yeah, my stuff can be a little, you know, it's, it, I've, you know, came across some things I made a few years ago and I just cringe looking at it. I'm like <laughs> trying to find it on social media and deleting it. I'm like, this looks like, you know, a child did it with crayons or something. And I'll probably think the same thing of stuff I'm making this week. So, but I mean, at least I'm, you know, getting better at it. So there's that. Well, I, I love it, man. I think it's great. So do you want to, you're your us... worst critic. Oh, what oh, I've, yeah. I've come Tr- to learn is like <laughs> with any of this stuff, as far as like audio and video, it's like, I already know. I don't like the way I sound. I've gotten better about video, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you just put it out there and just don't even think about it. Just The uh, the first few episodes when I was doing the uh, Corn on a Pod podcast, we were using my uh, ex's laptop and a rock band microphone plugged into it. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it was that totally is, that is punk metal, rock. All, metal and punk. Through, yeah, it's, yeah. That's awesome. Well, you want to give us like a, a, a little synopsis of, you know, what got you into reptiles and how you got to the, where you are now? Uh, sure. Um, I'm originally from Southern Illinois, uh, about 30 minutes from the infamous snake road. Um, so I was going there since like the 1980s, probably before I could drive, I'd have my parents take me there. Uh, we just knew it as pine Hills, um, at the time. And, uh, you know, I wanted to be a zoologist like before kindergarten. We went to the St. Louis Zoo. I remember on my kindergarten field trip and I could not sleep the night before because I was so excited. Um, I've got a lot of Asperger qualities. They've been testing me for it, which I'm in my late 40s. So that's a whole nother issue. So when I get into stuff, I want to know everything I can about it. Um so I've always been into zoology, uh, paleontology. I can talk for hours and hours about dinosaurs, and I sometimes do. Um, another prehistoric life. Um, so then, you know, uh, I got in junior high. I kind of got more into reptiles and amphibians, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, and being from a very rural area, um, you know, there was all kinds of places. I had lots of friends that would invite me over. They, they lived on farms. A lot of the land was like surrounding that uh, Shawnee forest that goes, you know, that snake road goes through. So I spent all of my teenage years going through um, trying to find everything I could, um, you know, not keeping stuff. Um, there you know, a few things back then as a teenager. Um, and then once the internet kind of came around and, I guess early nineties, um, I got on there, I found, you know, the whole captive breeding world. So I quit, you know, messing with wild caught stuff. Um, now I had kind of back up a little bit on my 16th birthday. I got my first corn snake. Uh, it was an albino female. Um, and I had him for about 30 years actually. Um, wow. And so the logos I use on a lot of my projects and stuff, the drawn to scales and everything that was a silhouette of him. 
an above shot that I took. Um, and it's, so it's kind of special to me for that. Um, he produced the first clutch of eggs that I ever did. Um, I think that was in 2000, the year my daughter was born. Um, so yeah. Um, but so I, you know, I got into the captive breeding stuff. I had the email a few years later, I bought a snow corn from the same pet store. Um, you know, and they were just more or less pets, but then I started attending, uh, expos in St. Louis, um, met some people I'm still friends with to this day. Jim Stelpflug, uh, has always kind of been like a huge influence on me. And one of the nicest guys helped me out so much. Um, yeah. And I just started, you know, getting more and more stuff. And, uh, you know, it went from, you know, a dozen corns to, you know, a spare bedroom to just, you know, I think I'd have on average about 120 breeders. Um, I did that for about 20, 25 years. Their last couple of years, I I think I was hatching out like over 1200 a year. I just quit counting after a point. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Wholesale, you know, a lot of the stuff to, you know, pet stores. Um, I remember uh, the first clutch of eggs that I hatched out, I sold to the pet store. I bought my original uh, corn snakes from, and I thought, you know, I was just like, oh, it's, you know, the circle of life or whatever, you know, it's like I got my animals from them. And, um, you know, then, uh, like I said, I I did that for a while. Uh, Me and my ex were doing the corn on the pod podcast uh, for, you know, a little while. Uh, We split up, um, you know, not to get into all that divorce. I sold or well, my buddy Andy Holcomb came down from West Virginia and I just wasn't in a state of mind to take care of all my animals. He picked them up, was watching for me for a year. I decided, you know, I just, I just wasn't, didn't have my head in it at the time. Um, sold them to Tim Mangum down in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, you know, that was where, you know, most of my attention was a reptile hobby. And I still wanted to find some way to stay involved in it. Um, I had an art background that I wasn't really doing anything with. Um, my degree from that, you know, after high school, I went back, um, I was doing tattoos for a while, went, got rid of, uh, got out of that, went back to school for graphic design. That was probably one of the dumbest things I did, but it's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, it's still awesome though, man. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I was painting a few animals and, uh, did a couple logos for people and then it just like blew up. And then that's like, I think I was going through, uh, some stuff last week week before i like just on the reptile stuff i think i've done over 200 logos so yeah it was always a game when me and my daughter she used to help me vend shows um trying to find you know stuff that i done and you know <laughs> it's it's pretty cool that's like you know see walk around a show and see t-shirts and banners yeah. and stuff like that and oh yeah um yeah so and then, like I said, now it's like the, the art thing. So I'm obsessing on that. I've got a list that just keeps growing of things I want to do. And I'm kind of trying to do a little stuff outside the reptiles, a lot of 80s pop culture um, stuff that I'm into, pro wrestling, you know, um, what I did, a garbage pail kid, Alf, you know, just <laughs> all that Stranger Things reference type stuff. Um, it's great. I grew up in the 80s. So I, I feel bad for anybody that missed out on that. Um, yeah, man, it's super cool. Well, actually, I got drawn to Scale's website up, so let me share that, and we can kind of 
take a gander, right? So is most of the stuff you're doing now, though, digital, or is you, do you still do, like, physical yeah, media? Uh, like, I got that? an iPad a couple of years ago. Um, I heard a lot of people talking about it, uh, doing stuff digitally on there. I've got practically a half a Hobby Lobby full of art supplies <laughs> that are now just collecting dust. Um, I'm trying to get back into doing some more of that, but it's just with the, the digital stuff, it's so much quicker and easier right you know like if i mess up just double tap it and undo yeah i don't have to you know try to cover it up or um yeah i caught myself the other day drawing you know with uh traditionally and i messed up and i double tapped my paper and i was like (laughs) felt like an idiot i was like i'm so spoiled with it um (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome and dude you're killing it with the whole king snakes bro i'm loving yeah i did a uh a milk snake poster um, for all the 20 or so traditional subspecies. I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, taxonomy disagreements on all that. Um, and I, like I said, I am not a taxonomist. I'm just a guy that likes to make pretty pictures. So I ended up doing two versions of the poster. I did one with the traditional one, since that's a lot, you know, people in the reptile hobby, kind of what, you know, we're used to. Um, and then I did more of a limited edition one that kind of had the latest um, where, you know, they split a lot of them into species. And um, right now I'm working on a common king snake poster. I've just got one more to go. I'm hoping to have it done this week. I wanted to have it done this weekend, um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I want to do one with like, you know, all the species of rat snakes in the U.S. and do a gopher snake one, you know, at, like I said, I am not short on ideas. So bear dread. Need a bear die poster. Oh yeah. That will be fun too, just to kind of get that sheen on them and And dude surely, like surely surely there's a rhino rat in here somewhere. I did one a long time ago. I don't think it's in there. I need to do another one. Like oh. I said, I've I've got a list of stuff I want to do, and I just keep adding to it faster than I yeah, can get stuff. Yeah, I imagine that's that's really hard when there's so and much the, cool the stuff thing to draw. That, that surprised me the most is uh, the more obscure things that I do, um, the more popular it seems. And I don't know if it's just like everybody's drawing a corn snake and a ball python and a leopard well, gecko. I, yeah, or well, it's, you think about how um, niche some of this stuff is. Like, if I saw something that had. Uh, you know, Dion's or whatever that, that not a lot of people are doing anything with or keeping or paying attention to. I'd be stoked, man. It's that like, yeah. It's the... and, I, and you know, I do a lot of commissions. I'm working on some, uh, pet portraits, uh, today, uh, for a friend of his dogs. I've done, uh, some other ones for some friends here recently. I kind of, like I said, it's just it, to me, the, the dogs and cats are so much easier than the snakes. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I, at first, when I started doing this stuff, I just would do kind of indications of scales. Now I'm kind of like, I feel like it's drawn to scales. I need to draw the scales out. Um, the tricky part with doing that on snakes is if you make it too noticeable, it really affects the texture and the, you know, makes the snake a lot darker. Mm-hmm. So the line's got to be very faint and thin. And, you know, it's just one of those things you, yeah, you just that, kinda that, get into that's the it best to... one you've done right there. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, the Outer Banks. Love it. Well, I mean, you look yeah. at the stuff that Adeline's doing and the amount of detail she puts into that is just like, I don't think I could sit there and, <laughs> and 
do the amount of detail and stuff that I mean, a I can't she, draw to begin with, but the detail she puts into that is just she's crazy. amazing. Um, and I'll tell you, she's really making me like try harder. I appreciate because I'm just <laughs> like, wow. I was like, yeah, she's uh, yeah, it, her stuff is just phenomenal. She's one of the sweetest people and always been so supportive. And you know, I almost feel bad when we're doing the same expos. I'm like, you know, it's like you got this young, friendly, pretty girl there and you got the old, awkward punk rock guy. And it's like, you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, I'm used to just sitting in my room all day and drawing and just, you know, listening to music, drinking coffee all day. And for me to like go out and be around people all day, it's just like very draining on me. And I, it, it'll take me a couple of days to I was doing was it last year I was doing shows like every other week, sometimes every week. Um, it, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. It just, me and my car didn't, it didn't work out in the long run. Um, she's got, she's got Chris's goofy ass sitting at yeah, the table though. So yeah, it kind of evens I, I things need, out. I, I need guess. me a female Chris. There you go. <laughs> and, and uh, let's be real. It, you guys are both fantastic, but your and your styles are totally different too, which I think is great. Yeah. Like I said, I've got a lot of different influences. I'm trying to combine into it everything from like the uh, traditional tattoos um you know there's kind of a comic book almost line art to it a lot of cell shading in it. Oh, yeah. and like i said i'm just trying mixing yeah the tardigrade that was a fun one to do and um, i love the slogans like on all these ones with the banners dude yeah like, so yeah so that, slogans there's ever. a lot of inside jokes and the stuff that's just i'm probably the only one that gets it um <laughs> So this one here, the Never Die, that was a song by uh, a band Tiger Army. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, little inside things to me where, like I said, again, I'm just trying to combine the stuff that I'm into. You know, I tried posting stuff with music sometimes and, you know, it gets flagged and taken down. Mm -hmm. and, um, but it, it, it has a lot of influences on me and I just kind of, you know, express it. I mean, on the surface, yeah, it's just like a, that's a cool snake, you know, Rainbow Boa, the If Looks Could Kill. It's a song by one of my favorite local bands, Hellfire Revival. Um, great psychobilly band here out of Nashville. Um, so, you know, I, I've got, you know, it, it's also fun just to try to think of the, uh, the, the phrases on the banners and stuff. And I think sometimes that also catches people more attention, like the rat snake, the I smell a rat. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The grow a beard on the bearded dragon. I think if I just only did the animals themselves people just you know hey there's a nice picture and just kind of move on i think the more i can have oh, kind of an impact on people that's awesome um yeah, we have space yeah, with beard i freaking love them spadefoots are so cool that's awesome i mean uh, am i the first person to combine you know lemmy with a frog i don't know <laughs> And I'm sure somebody it, needed to do it. it. Most of the stuff I make, I wanted it. The corn yeah, snake man. podcast, I wanted someone to make it. Uh, I did a couple posters of corn snake morphs because I wanted those posters. Um, so yeah, a lot of the stuff, it's just like nobody else is going to do it. I have to. And then as soon yeah. as I do it, I want to go back and do it again because I'm like picking it apart and like, oh, this is, you know, I didn't do this part right. The head's at a weird angle and. That uh, that's another thing about doing wow. reptile art for reptile people. We'll they'll notice things, you know. <laughs> we know if that 
angle is off or something like that, or that, you know, it's got too many bands or something like that where, yeah. you know, the, and that was kind of one of the things that got me into doing like the reptile tattoo art was, you know, the traditional tat I've got, you know, a lot of traditional snake tattoos all over me, but they're not like a identifiable species. It's like this kind of a caricature kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to kind of do, you could tell what it is. And then, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of morphed into, you know, some of the more realistic stuff, but I'm still using some of the spit shading technique on it. And, you know, and then doing it digitally and trying to make it so it doesn't look digital. Um, that's always, you know, I, I challenged myself there for a while. I was only using like uh, 12 or 13 colors. I wouldn't let myself use any more. Oh, that's um, cool. Again, just to try to develop my own look and style. And the weird thing about creativity is sometimes uh, making, uh, confining yourself, it's easier. Yeah. Um, when I do logos and the people are like, I don't care. That's the, that's so much harder for me because I don't know what to do. And well, that, and then you give them something and then they're like, Oh, I didn't want it like that. Oh, you know? yeah, trust like, me. Well, I, you didn't, yeah, you, I, you know more better than pretty much anybody. The I'm first sure. year I was doing logos, I did one for somebody. They didn't like it. I did another one different. They didn't like it. I did a third one. They didn't like it. A smart person would have just, you know, this isn't going to work out. Um, but I really liked the last one I did. So the, the next commission I got, I kind of used that general layout. Um, you know, I changed the text, obviously, and the mm -hmm. different font and colors. But it was the same, you know, uh, composition, basically. And then the first person came back and said, I love that one. And I just, you know, wanted to kind of throw my desk chair across the room because I'm like, that's <laughs> what you had. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things. And, and really, the thing on logos, it's like... And it's hard to explain this to people for logos. Really? You want it to keep it super simple. Yes. Um, it's the less is more thing. It's like you like McDonald's shell, Nike, Apple. I mean, it's super, super basic. The reason being because our brains don't like recalling excessive information and that makes it's, it's all about the branding. Um, but you know, if somebody wants me to draw their, you know, blood Python or whatever, you know, Hey, it's fine. It's, you know, beats a, a real job. Um, yeah. so I'll do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always, you know, I, it kind of a struggle because I want to do stuff that looks good, that gets them money, you know, promotes their business, but I want to make them happy too. Mm -hmm. I want to do stuff that I'm proud of. So it's, you know, just trying to balance all that stuff out and, and then balancing the commissions with my own stuff too. Um, I, I have to set timers to stop and eat, go to bed. Cause I just, I don't want to stop. I'm like, it's four in the morning. I'm like, I'm almost done. You know, oh, it's man. like and the next day I pay for it, but. That's cool. I have, I have zero artistic capabilities in terms of like drawing and stuff. I can't do anything else. So I've got all my, you know, like when you would play the Sims and you'd have like the skill points. Yeah. I would, I have all of mine and I don't, I think I'm okay. I don't even think I'm that I'll see some like 17, 18 year old posting stuff on Instagram. And I'm like, I'm, why am I even trying? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just don't ask me to do anything else. I can't, um, I can talk to you, like I said, talk to you all day about, you know, paleontology or stuff like that, or draw you king snakes or stuff. But, uh, my car breaks down or, you know, anything, <laughs> 
I, I, I don't know. You are like dead on though with the creativity thing because I found, you know, playing music and stuff. Uh, I played drums since high school. Like the big hits are always cool and all, but to me, the one thing that sort of really separates like really good drummers from from good drummers is like, can you put them on like a three piece? And how oh, well yeah. can they play that instead of the freaking Terry yeah. Posio like monster forty piece freaking kit with you know it's a whole circle of drums around them, uh, you know break that down and give them like a floor tom, a, a, a bass, and a snare. And it's like, what can you do with that? You know? Yeah, it's there's just, something it's, it's... much more enjoyable when you put yourself like in a box and you sort of put limitations on what you can, what you're allowed, yeah, allowing I mean, it, yourself it, to do. It's all problem solving. Um, creativity, like I said, it's just, I, I'm almost like cursed with it's everything. And so when I have to do something this way, it's, that's when I, I struggle with, cause I'm like, what if we did this instead? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, that's based, you know, I have a very unconventional life. Um, you know, I wake up whenever I want and basically do my favorite thing all day. Um, it's the way to do it, man. Yeah, it's like I don't make like by no means am I financially, but it's like I feel like, but I'm doing what people would want to do. It's like I don't yeah, have a bunch yeah, of crap yeah. I don't need, but I, you know, I've got, I've got a, a decent place, um, living with a friend. Um, you know, I've got food to eat. I've got shelter. I'm in a safe area. Um, I get to spend time, you know, with my son. It's like, what else? You know, everything else is just stuff. I mean, I don't. So, you know, I, you know I, I'm sure I could probably go downtown Nashville and get some great job at a design firm and hate it and have to deal with traffic. I did that for a while. Mm. It was horrible. And I, I, I was miserable. Oh, mini me has joined the chat. Minivan. What's up, dude? This is Octavian. What's up, buddy? Here. Yeah, that's home. Oh, oh, there you are. Can you hear now? Uh, that's above my ear. There you go. I know where your ears at. Hi. Yo. <laughs> so yeah, he wants to uh, follow in Dad's footsteps. I've got a uh, a binder full of his dinosaur stuff he's been drawing me, and his mom's an amazing artist too. So you doing some some art stuff too? Yep. Nice. It's awesome, man. Hook them while they're young. Yeah, so he's been wanting to do his own YouTube show. So we're thinking about doing one where he's going to be talking about paleontology, kind of an informative. We kind of, I don't want to give too much of it away, but the format is really unique. And um, yeah, it, we get around to doing it here. I think it's going to be pretty cool. So. Yep. Yeah, what's your, what's your favorite snake? Um, or reptile, I guess. They don't necessarily have to be snakes. I would, I would say um, the the blue snake that my dad drew today. The Sri Lankan pit viper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, I gotta give him a print. He saw that I finished it last night. And he got here and he wanted one. So is that That's is, the, uh, the is that posted yet? My kids, you get free art. Nice. So is I'm, make, I'm making him no? some like t-shirts and stuff like that. So I'm gonna get my own um, in the in Orphicon t-shirt. 
So yeah, he loves his prehistoric animals too. So that's like everybody's like, oh, you know, kids love dinosaurs. I'm like, yeah, but their dad's obsessed. I don't know if you can kind of see behind me. Yeah, there's a we, bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd how many. I, I bought him a few for his fourth birthday. Um, uh, and I've um, been getting him pretty much everything that comes out. I've got stuff I had to special order from other countries they didn't release in the U.S. And so it, I just told him to take care of them. And, and even um, my dad said um, I, ha- I have so many um, dinosaur toys for my eighth birthday. It won't even fit in my birthday box. <laughs> so much. So, so yeah, yeah I have so a every, tractor trailer. Yeah, I've got this giant of cool box stuff. that I fill full of dinosaur toys. And I told him Santa Claus might have to get some of the excess ones this year because <laughs> with the new uh, Jurassic World Dominion movie, they've just been pumping them out. And... Dad's having trouble hiding them at this point, so. That's great. It's awesome. Um, it tomorrow's my dad's birthday. Is it really? Yeah. So this is the birthday. I did not show. pay him. I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, happy early birthday! Oh, thank boy. you. <laughs> That's and, great. And, and, and so, do you know those like um, rice crispy rice crispy treats? We're gonna do yeah. that, but but it's gonna be made of fruity pebbles oh, oh nice that's that's awesome yeah dad's favorite that's great yeah. man that's great so, so yeah we're gonna do that tomorrow morning uh play xbox and watch the new uh season five of camp cretaceous on netflix yep. nice that's great so, sounds like a great day yeah mm-hmm. awesome. so yeah it's uh i never i don't want to say never grew up but i never like my interests from when i was his age have not changed <laughs> um, dinosaurs and He-Man and you know monster movies and you know it's so now I got this perfect excuse to like keep doing it too you yeah know? yeah man people <laughs> like to uh, give me a hard time you know about all the the dinosaur figures and everything I'm like yeah, they're my kids sure so I, I mean I like collecting them and you know he likes playing with them and let's so, be real you you play with them too sometimes I know yeah, I know I, I mean, do we, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome and it, dude it's so cool like seeing your passion for movies and music and the animals going into the artwork because i've seen a lot of artists that focus on one thing and they're very good at it but like i don't i don't i can't think of off the top of my head someone who could do a realistic dracula and he-man and a you know scientific paper illustration like that's just awesome yeah, it's, it's, I can't really, you know, I, I don't know if it's kind of an ADD thing or, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, I, I do like the He-Man stuff. I've got like a hundred characters, like deep cut stuff that most people have no, you know, some concept character, you know, that I want to do. Um, same thing with the 80s wrestling. And, it, and it's just like, I've got all these interests that I just kind of want to, you know, and I kind of like having some sort of a uniformity sometimes to the stuff, but just trying something different and, you know, trying a different technique. Like the uh, that Dracula painting, that was just uh, one color. I just painted the uh, whole canvas red and just kept putting layers of black wash on it. And I started a bunch more of the kind of classic universal werewolf, uh, mummy, Frankenstein stuff, too, that I wanted to do. And, you know, I got halfway done and I... You know, when I work on a painting, I'll usually have like at least two, sometimes three simultaneously. I'm waiting for one to dry and I'll go start on another one. Um, 
you know, and like I said, I'll, I'll start on something. I got to keep a list of what I'm working so I can kind of stay focused on it. But it's a weird, like I said, kind of a mix of Asperger's and ADD and just, I don't know. It's well, hey man, it works. But you know? I'm just trying to use, you know, the, the things that I kind of struggle with to kind of make, make them into uh, a benefit, use them, you know, for good, I guess. Um, so focus on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't at this point, I, if I had to get up and go do like a regular nine to five job again, it would just, it was killing me before. Um, I was wanting to quit the last job I had and COVID came around It's kind of a long story, but I ended up getting furloughed and then, you know, I'm like, well, I guess that saved me the, you know, trying to quit and everything like that. So I guess it all worked out. The two-year COVID was the most annoying COVID that I ever had. <laughs> Brother, you're it, telling us. Yeah, we, the, we know. One time I had the COVID for seriously. I actually had the COVID. Well, it ain't no yeah. fun. He was at mom's then, too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was. I had yeah, it. Yeah, but um, what, like, nothing rough. happened to me. I was okay. It's good. Yeah. Hey, you go uh, grab my water out of the kitchen. Get me a water. Oh, okay. So. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. he's. I uh, I didn't get a chance to put the uh, some of the logo art up. Do you do you mind if oh. we do that real quick? I don't know if you want to talk yeah, about some of them yeah. or, or if there was ones that were you know memorable to you. Um, like I said, I put some of the you know obviously on the website. And, you know, I I don't want to like step on anybody's toes, and I'm not kind of playing favorites. And it, you know, it doesn't. I'm not you know. I would certainly never uh, say anything bad about a client, but I just didn't want to like, it's more of to me, like the logo um, or the animals. I did, you know, obviously mostly ball Python stuff. I'm a Kaluber guy. Um, oh, so, that Louisiana milk dude, man. That oh, was yeah. awesome. I love that one. So there's, you know, um, follow them on Instagram. Uh, Mickey Meyer that does the uh, show me shows. He had me do the, I, midwest venom fest logo that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones um i've known mickey forever um so that was kind of cool doing his um yeah i think uh one week i did like three garter snake logos it, it's kind of weird it'll kind of show up in like batches somewhat you know uh same thing with the garter snakes did a bunch of those um what it was the uh, the rock and rosies is one of my favorites and that was one of the first dozen or so that i did um uh, and t- like i said to me it's all about the branding you gotta have something yeah. that's very eye-catching and stands out um and man all of them are so unique you know it's yeah, not like and, a, yeah. it's and not I a template to get a at feel all. for the uh the client you know obviously the one i'm gonna do for the guy that's like a retired uh military is not gonna look like the one for the uh 20 year old barista or whatever you know it's just yeah yeah try to put some other person because i mean it is it's it's kind of reflecting them too um, but yeah, the logos, I, I try to stick to a reduced color scheme. I think that helps with the branding too, not mm-hmm. to get all over the place with the, the colors, you know, I've done yeah. stuff where it's basically just an illustration with text. Some of that stuff is, um, you know, it's, you know, I love doing them. Um, the, uh, tricky part I've done some logos where businesses had the same name. Oh, really? uh, I, had, I did a brace exotic and a braces exotics. I did two different Carolina Calubrids, different people. 
Um, so, you know, it's like, I'm, you guys can kind of work that out amongst yourselves kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not like involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, and it's so like diverse, you know, every, it's amazing. And that is probably the hardest thing to do. Like on the artwork well, I bet. to have it all look the same, you know, obviously, you know, I'm drawing it. It's going to have some similarities as far as style goes. Um, but for the logos that they, they the point of them is to look different from everybody else's. Right. You know, if I did, you know, a couple breeders that had tables next to each other and their logos look similar. I mean, the whole point of the logo is brand, you know, identity. Mm-hmm. And so trying to make, you know, a hundred ball Python logos all look different. That, that to me can get kind of challenging. Um, yeah. And we, so, we got to click this one right here. A. That it's, looks like a diamond snake right there. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, like seeing so many people that we know. Right, That's I was gonna like, say there was Bender's logo up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's freaking cool. I just, man, that's the thing that baffles me just with artists and stuff in general is the fact that you can just the ability to look at something and then take it and sort of run with it or even some of the artists that do landscapes and and painting and over them, just being able to look at something and and almost carbon copy it, you know, in terms of the layout stuff, just that's always blown my mind when it came to, to, you know, you do something 14 hours a day, seven days a week, you kind of level up. So super cool man and like i hope the people listening to this on their drive to work like it's worth going back and at least looking at this part you know obviously look at all of donovan's art but like these logos are just too cool man too and i've cool. probably got a dozen more I've, since last time i updated the site i need to add on there and so yeah i'm, I'm sometimes just trying to make so much stuff that it's like i don't even know if i've shared this yet or whatever and at what point you know um is it just too much stuff? You know, um, I was making t-shirts for some of my art for a while and it was just kind of like, do I make a shirt for every design that I've done? You know, um, do I kind of retire older ones? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the business part of it. I I'm horrible at, I'll admit that. Um, I almost wish I had somebody else to kind of do that part for me when I can just sit and make the pretty pictures. <laughs> right. Right. It's still awesome, man. Thanks. And here, I, I didn't get the chance to show the other projects earlier. These are just super cool, too, man. And, like, there's your Snake Road, right? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, thought awesome. about making some of those shirts and selling them out of the back of my car. <laughs> at the, at the place. Oh, that like, flag I don't know if that's cool. legal or whatever. But, yeah. Um, that one wasn't even my idea. That was a friend asked me. He wanted one. He told me the snakes he wanted on it. I might go back and kind of take, do another take on it, kind of mix up the variety a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, I sold and a I, bunch I love, of those. I love that print because even though it's black and white, you still know exactly which snake is which. Yeah. And like, like I said, that's that's the, the, the challenging awesome. part, I wanted to make it just to one color. It's like, how am I going to do these snakes in just one color and try yeah, to find the work? It works. You know, it works real well. 
And I, I think I did one here for Tennessee. It was kind of like the state flag with the, the different stars and it was kind of had some different species on it. Um, now, how did you do the, uh, the pieces of wood? Um, those were just, uh, just kind of like India ink, uh, you know, just kind of wash paint them on there. Those that's just acrylic paint. So that's actually, you hand did those on, on the pieces of wood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, awesome. I bought some wood burning, like these markers you're supposed to be able to draw on there. And then you, I bought a heat gun and it's supposed to burn it all in there itself. And I tried the markers out and the markers just immediately, it just pools up and, just, and it's just like, Oh, that was kind of a, a waste. I mean, in theory it seemed really cool, but um, see, like, yeah. I, I love that. Where like the banner, you see the banner there that stay Royal, but it's not, it's, it's like, it's the negative. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Thanks. You could t- and you could totally see the the tattooing influence in it, you know. Yeah. Super cool. Now that one was a uh, commission. That's great. Then I've got to have some corn snake stuff, of course. Gotta, gotta. <laughs> there it is. Yep. That yeah. one, I. Yeah, I don't think I've got the. Uh, that one I could get in some sort of legal issues with since that's kind of a private hunt club, but it ain't even I just, I, uh, I worked at a, a sign shop for a few months. And so it's like, I, I made some of those metal signs, the same thing with the snake road. Um, I wish I would have kept some, I think I ended up selling all of them. Um, Damn. Cause I would totally have that for the snake room. I might be able to make some more. I'll, let me look at that. Yeah. You definitely should. If you can, that would be super. Yeah. Cool. Like I said, I, my problem is I got so many ideas. I don't know which ones to focus on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. It's great. It's absolutely great. Thanks. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's cool. Of course, Billy was all excited about the tokay that <laughs> a snake got loose. All right. I'll be right back. Hold on. <laughs> uh Oh, <laughs> oh man so are you keeping anything anymore or no uh like i said i'm in tennessee now nashville and we've got some pretty what i think are strict laws on yeah. native stuff um so when i first moved here and i brought my corns with me i sold all but a hundred of them and i had to get a permit listing them and then to breed them you you know you gotta have an import permit to bring anything into the state so I can't really go to a show, you know, in Chicago or Daytona or whatever and bring stuff back without the permit, which I got to apply for. And then if I'm breeding anything native, then they can come into the house, which I don't own. It's my friend's house, you know, without a warrant. And, you know, and it's just like, I just don't want to deal with it. Um, and then to make matters worse, they use the Audubon field guide to determine what's native really so yeah so Hmm. cal kings obviously don't live in tennessee but they they want to regulate it um wow so i've I've got you know i've always loved fox snakes um i've only got one now i had several of them for a while um i couldn't have those in illinois but i can have them here um i've got some slowinski rats from chris montrose excellent chris is our boy might breed them next year that'll be the first time i bred anything in years um, and then I've got some, uh, Emory coming from David Deem at some point, uh, kind of waiting for the weather to cool off to ship. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, it's just kind of the closest thing I can get to corns without being corns. Um, yeah, man. But yeah. you know, and I kind of feel with the corns too. I kind of been there, done that. Um, of course, I wouldn't mind having a palmetto. Just you know, there's cool looking snakes or a nice okatee, something like that. Yeah, but man. I don't know. I kind of feel like I want to try. I don't know. And if if I do get back into the breeding thing, I think it's just going to kind of you know, not be at the same level I was before. I say that now, but yeah, it's just, famous last words, right? As, yeah. As you know, it's <laughs> trying to deal with, uh, shipping and it just, I don't know. It's, it's nice doing shows now with the artwork that I don't have to worry about, you know, anything getting too hot or cold in the car. Right. Um, right. unpacking when I get home, I can just leave all my pictures in the car and get them out the yeah. next day. Um, so much less stressful. Um, oh, I can imagine. I always uh, kind of joke to myself about, I imagine, you know, when I was doing, you know, vending reptile shows for like 20 years and taking all these snakes and then like worrying if I got into an accident yeah. and then like the paramedics are drawing straws, you know, my body's just laying there covered in oh. snakes and <laughs> bleeding out. But, oh, geez. So, but yeah, we, we've all had those thoughts, man. And, <laughs> and you're, you're not wrong at all. I, you, I know? you know, I've had, People steal stuff off my table at shows before. The whole, they got a stack of deli cups. They set one on top of yours and they pick up an extra as they're walking off. Yep. Yep. You know, I've, oh yeah. People, I've sold one guy a snake, one kid a snake. He came in like not even two hours later and the snake was dead. And I'm like, well, what do I do? I mean, do I refund this kid's money because he just left his thing on the dash of his car while he went in to, you know, get something to eat? Or, yeah. you know, it's like, just, you know, and then shipping and shipping's not getting any. Yeah, that's just that's why I would try to wholesale everything I could. Sure. Um, so it can kind of, you know, go to bigger, you know, pet stores and they kind of as opposed to just sending out, you know, like 10, 20 a week and everything. It just gets so it sucks the fun out of it. It's yeah. like I want to, you know, and I want to keep everything. Yeah. So I almost feel like people are paying me not to keep the stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's I don't know. I kind of feel in some ways I've been there, done that. I might wait till my son gets a little older so he can kind of help out some. Yeah. Um, my daughter, she, you know, she's 22 now. Um, she kind of grew up helping me out with shows. She was my little buddy. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, the art so much more, you know, and I'm not any younger than I was either. So who knows? <laughs> it's like, I just feel like, uh, I can't like five, I have no idea. I wouldn't have thought five years ago that I would be where I'm at now. So it's cool, man. It's cool. It's all a wild ride. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm an interesting person, but I purposely live the most boring life. It's like, just let me set my room and draw. Like, unfortunately, I kind of got to, you know, go out sometimes and buy groceries and all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. But no, we get it, man. We get it. But dude, Slowinski I are pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and um, you never you don't see fox snakes at all anymore, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, I had some really I had easterns and westerns uh, for a while. I had a friend watching some animals for me while I was gone for a few months on a trip, and uh, I kept a few of my corns back when I sold my collection, and I had a pair of gorgeous eastern fox snakes. Um, and I got back and he said the snakes either got out or they died, which I was, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it is what it is. And, you know, yep. it wasn't going to change anything, but, uh, 
So, you know, I kept some of the Heliconias and Spectres. So, yeah, yeah it, Spectre was, was a big focus of yours when you were heavy into corns, wasn't it? Yeah, I wish I would have took more time to try to prove what was going on with those instead of trying to mix them into everything. Mm -hmm. um, I still, to this day, I mean, I, I'll say anybody that's got them, breed them to Sunkiss. The F1s did not look like normals. Hmm. And, you know, I got to give credit to Kathy Love for that. I mean, that's all I did was like rename the things. They were her special project <laughs> ghosts. So the SP Spectre, you know, uh, I'll, you know, I used to back in the day, like make a list like of uh, all the different base morphs and like what combos don't have names yet just for fun to try to, you know, I helped Steve Roy Lance. I mean, he's got so much world's first stuff and uh, you know, it's like he had a, what was it? The uh, Carmel Ambers. I think he was calling, they were Amaretto's. Mm -hmm. And I, I produced some caramel uh, lavenders. And I was like, what about almond? You know, it's almonds like an ingredient sometimes in amaretto. And so I, you know, I know there, I've, it's awesome, dude. I've, it's pissed brilliant. A, I've pissed a few people off for naming things that I didn't produce. It's like, I, it's up to anybody else if they want to name them. I just like thinking of the names, you know, it's just look, the look creativity man, they, part yeah, of they it. Came in, if they can't come up with a good name and you recommend it to them, well, Heck yeah, yeah, I mean, man. people, they call, you know, whatever they want. I just, you know, uh, what was it? The uh, Annery uh, Charcoals. I was calling them Carbons. Uh, it's, like I said, it, do they need a name? Probably not. But I just, to me, it's just fun to try to, thinking of a name. It's like business names. Like if anybody needs a logo and they don't even have a business name, I have a list of amazing reptile business names. That <laughs> it's That's like cool, I almost man. want to try to like... Uh, so like here's here's your logo and a name and everything package deal all together. <laughs> yeah, um, we gotta get you a copyright lawyer and just bang them out, dude. <laughs> yeah, like buy the URL and just sell the domains and everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant, bro. It's brilliant. It's so like I, I'm I'm just cursed with just my mind just not slow down. Um, so like I said, just, as long as I can kind of use use that for something you know productive and make money off of it. Yeah, dude, rock and roll. Yeah. So, pausing the uh, pausing the conversation, we need to know, Smitty, what just happened? <laughs> one of the one of the baby corns was in our living room. Oh, really? But all are of you, the all of the lids you, on all the on the tops of each stack are sealed, so somehow it got out of the lower tubs. So I'm gonna have to investigate that when I get done. Maybe that's probably what it. Are you sure it's one of yours? Yes. Okay. It also looks like it hasn't shed yet, which kind of gives me an idea of it might be from that het ghost clutch. We'll we'll see. Okay. It's like, damn it! I was I was I already get enough shit from you people about well, dude, how did it get, that I'm How like, did it get in the living room if you have the door sweep still? It's tiny, man. It's a worm. The door sweep's great for anything larger than a worm. It would be pretty cool though if it wasn't one of yours. If it isn't, that is going to be pretty freaking sweet. That you have to keep it if if it's not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. Did you ever get any a... locality corn stuff? What's up? So, did you ever get any any locality? Corn not stuff? really. Um, I understand, you know, why people are into it. To me, I ju it's just it's more of a, a trust issue. Um, well, not completely, but that's part of it. Like I've known of people 
um, years and years ago, there was a guy that would, uh, at some of the uh, Florida shows, would at the end buy a bunch of uh, uh, gray bands that, mm. you know, people didn't sell or had trouble selling, weren't, you know, feeding, whatever. And then he would go down to Texas and sell them to people down there out collecting them. Like he just, I mean, wow. yeah, the, I know too many scams. Yeah. You know, there's some great people out there, but there's also a lot of people who aren't, uh, you know, it really the only way I could get into some locality stuff is if it was something from the area where I'm from, mm. you know, and that's kind of how I got into Cluebridge because that's what we had. Um, you know, the rat snakes, uh, king snakes, that kind of stuff, milk snakes. Um, so, you know, that that's why I'm into that. I mean, we obviously didn't have corn snakes, but, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, black rat snakes and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, and then, you know, I'm, I don't know, not to get into all that, but like, it, it, to me, it's kind of weird. It's like the locality stuff. It's like if I had a snake that was from somewhere that's great but i feel like if you breed two locality stuff you're kind of getting away from that like if you hatched out a clutch of locality animals and you had three pairs and they went to different people enough time are those animals even going to look similar right you know because you everything that made those things special you've kind of introduced all new selective pressures into them Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i mean it, it gets into like some weird gray area and Sometimes I just like, you know, debating the topic just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm great at pissing people off and I don't try to. Well, um, it's the internet. It doesn't really require a whole lot either. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, there's a lot of epigenetics and all that kind of weird mm-hmm. stuff going on. And, you know, if you ever looked at like a wild caught corn compared to captive stuff, I mean, a lot of the, not all of them, but a lot of the wild caught stuff's got that melanin wash over them. Um mm-hmm which I always thought was kind of interesting. Some of them kind of developed kind of some faint striping on them. Um, and captive bred stuff, so much prettier, so much brighter. Is it selective breeding? Is there other stuff going on? You know, even if you're not trying to focus on, like the Okatees now are such a caricature, a lot of them are, to what's, I mean, there's some pretty animals in the hunt club area. Yeah. But I, I want to thank, I've never been there, but if you go back, like when I got into it, you know, in the, like the late 80s and stuff like that, um, early 90s, the what passed for an oak tea then people would just call a pretty normal now. Yeah. 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 Because it's it's getting so crazy. The thickness yeah. of the black and the colors are getting so saturated. Um, You're talking about the Tesseras earlier. I mean, to me, I was always more fascinated with the non Tessera siblings. Than the actual test. I mean, it looks like somebody like colored, you know, like they were holding that crayon down. (laughs) So I've seen some really crazy stuff. I'm like, is the parents, you know, one of them tested? Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just, you see enough stuff, you can kind of know what looks off. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's always fascinated me is like, why are those so much different? Um, You know, and everybody's got their theories. Um, I don't know. I never really got too much into Tessera's myself. I always, you know, like the most craziest looking unnatural, you know, intense pink or, you know, stuff like that. Um, just try to me, I, I always like making stuff that my mom would like, is that real? You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of the, uh, the mad scientist in me and stuff like that. And just kind of for me as a kid, you know, seeing the Aztecs and in, in love's book, you know, yeah. that was always like the one that I always 
was so fixated on and so now i guess tester is like the next best thing there i think you know i just so i love that just chaotic lines and dashes and dots and yeah just, like the uh, the shatters and stuff like that yeah, that was, yeah. the first year that those hatched out it was like what you know like what's going on with that um but yeah like the uh the the specter to sunkissed really like confused me like that's not a normal corn snake um i don't know what if there's some sort of weird connection allele or i don't know um yeah. But again, it's like, stuff is awesome, though. I mean, that's that's one of those like that's one of the things about corns I love the most is the fact that so many of of the morphs and stuff we have came from wild caught animals. Like they, yeah. they sort of came about on their own. Yeah, the uh, first caramel I think uh, Rich Sikowski, it was like a wild caught at a pet store. Mm -hmm. um, so you know the uh, so much stuff. I mean, and I kind of think the same thing with the the MRI. Um, everything we got in corn snakes, you know, it's theoretically possible in every other species too. And our stuff that's not in corns now, you know, it's still, it's just a matter of time um, before that stuff shows up too. So there's even the, uh, the Slowinski, there's like the silver leaf and the black mm -hmm. uh, mutations on those. So. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the Yokates too, because that's, that's something we were talking about at some point on one of the shows a while back, how like Okatee has become sort of synonymous with normal with like the nomenclature where it's like, it's not a normal, it's, you know, Okatee and normal get used interchangeably or wild type, whatever you want to call it. But like, unless it's, it's not an Okatee unless it is from Okatee. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some people that are really strict on that and don't like the name Okatee applied to animals that aren't from Okatee. Um, to me, it, like I said, my, personal take on it is I can tell what it looks like if it's that some for all I know some guy just says it is yeah. you know and to me I'm paying for his word mm -hmm. or woman um, and so it's like I, I want this pretty snake you know I'm right, not as concerned right. where it came from myself if people are that's great and you know there's you know people that work uh, Chris we mentioned earlier Montrose he works with a lot of locality stuff mm -hmm. so you know I think there's enough room for everybody to kind of do kind of a little bit of everything um, sure and see so, I I know that my my Abbott Okatee is not field style not an F1 or right F3 but, or anything like it's right it's but far removed from that but I love the black Sharpie yeah. marker outlines and the peach throat. And like he killed it breeding that line, you know? And yeah, I've seen some of them. That's almost like a Halloween. Oh yeah. Fluorescent orange and black on them. And, and, and I feel like there is like, there's still people producing Okatees that are similar to real vintage Okatee. But yeah. I feel like so many people now they think that like that Sharpie marker snake that I've got from Abbott, like that is what it's supposed to be. And it's like, no, they did not find that in the wild. That was an extremely exaggerated. 30 <laughs> years, right? Just 30 like years. Altas, of, right. It's like, yeah, they look similar to this in the wild, but this is like an extremely exaggerated representation exactly. of the Yeah, I was I was trying to get the extreme Okatees labeled as extremities. <laughs> um, That's cool. Then the uh I've seen a few breeders here as of late. Uh, which back when I started, you wouldn't ever imagine somebody be purposely breeding Okatee to Miami. It's like, why mm -hmm. would you do that? Um, yeah. I was really pushing to call those Daytona corns. 
because Daytona <laughs> is about halfway yeah. between Miami yep, and Okatee Hunt Club. Dude, you got the best it's names, fun. bro. You got the best names. I love so, it. Anybody needs morph names, let me know. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. So and it's, it's funny. the Houdini corns because apparently they're just disappearing out of their tongues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. I If there's not a feral population of corn snakes, I probably shouldn't say that on the air in southern Illinois somewhere. I, uh, I had an adult get out of uh, the rack one time. I don't know if I didn't shut it all the way or what happened. The adult got out, went to the hatchling rack, weaved through, and pushed a bunch of those oh, out. I went okay. in the, the room, and there was I found like a dozen assorted porn snakes. I never found <laughs> all of them. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I feel like at some point someone in Southern Illinois is going to find some like lavender corn snakes out in the wild or something. And <laughs> Or, you know, I, you know, being in the Midwest too, every time the tornado sirens would go off, I was like, yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting. You know, I, I had, you know, I had garter snakes and milk snakes and Cape gopher, you know, I had a lot of other colubrids too. I was like, dude, if I just hundreds of snakes just all over the place, um, I don't know. Haircut makes it look like I'm balding. It's just a lighting, dude. It is. My forehead looks extremely large this evening. (laughs) Dude, if my hair gets any thinner, I'm shaving it all off and just tattooing. Like, I want to get a mass of snakes tattooed on my head, like a Mandusa. Nice. Yeah. Mandusa. Nice. I've shaved I do not look good bald, or I would just <laughs> shave it all the time. But I don't know. It just seems like here lately. I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm not getting any younger, but. So this is a question we usually ask on Corn Stars, but I got to know. Like, what are your thoughts on Scalus and Palmettos? Um. I love scaleless. I always have. I know they're not pure corn snakes, um, whatever that means. I mean, the whole idea of pure anything does not exist. Species is an artificial concept. Just the way things, I love phylogeny and evolution uh, topics. Just things just kind of always are always splitting off. Um, but, uh, you know, I know the story about that, you know, the, the official story anyway, um, to be trusted, and I, I have no reason not to believe it, was the, uh, it was an emery bred to a corn. All the eggs went bad, but one, the one that hatched out, was scaleless. And so all the uh, scaleless corns in the hobby descended from that one animal. I don't, my personal theory uh, is that neither of the parents were a het. Um, I think a, one thing that I've always wondered about is uh, hybridization in plants and other animals it's been proven can cause mutations Mm -hmm. so i wonder if it's something you know i'm not a geneticist somehow something didn't line up that something gets you know moved around on the chromosome you know whatever um i think a lot of the times when people do the hybrid stuff and end up with some weird stuff they just think it's just some random alleles you know and it's just like maybe there's a mutation in there we just Mm -hmm. nobody's looking for it i mean that's supposed to be what happened with the ultra corns that came from a gray rat snake a one-time thing um, and obviously you can't breed an emery every time to a corn snake and make more scaleless, but I don't think either of the parents were het for scaleless. I mean, the odds of that, lucky. yeah, the odds of them um, being het and not even not knowing it are astronomical. If, if that were the case, then why didn't they breed each of those to the same species and make pure lines of both? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know that I think I can't remember the breeder's name off hand. He's in France. Um, so I followed that story since it came out the first time I saw him in uh tinley park i don't remember what year it was it was a while back um now i do have an old friend 
uh, Terry Binkowski, probably the knows more about corns than anyone, but she's not on social media. That's how smart she is. Um, years and years ago, she bred a scaleless corn to a uh, scaleless uh, Everglades or no scaleless Texas, scaleless Texas, and got normal babies in the F ones. Hmm. So, you know, apparently the, they're not compatible because uh, I have people say that. Then there was, dude, the whole thing with the palmetto, I just think is completely absurd. Um, you know, the whole thing about, oh, they're Texas, you know, Texas rats. I'm like, really? Like, I know sometimes uh, leukistic Texas rats can have a few spots on it, but nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing even remotely. But the thing, you know, that whole story, I know a lot of the people, I'm good friends with Don Soderberg, you know, and some of the other people involved in that whole deal. And there was some people that didn't think when Don bought that the wild caught, the thing didn't go through. Some people felt like the deal that they made did, you know, that's, that's their business. I'm not getting into that, but I felt like if that whole project was a sham that both parties had enough reason to kind of come out and say it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's one of, one of the best arguments against, you know, um, but I've seen, uh, traits like palmetto show up in a lot of other species. Oh, it's the, uh, the cow retic, mm -hmm. um, that nerd had, um, you know, I've, I've seen every once in a while someone will find a black rat with that kind of look. And for whatever reason, they never, they just kind of like disappear. I don't know whatever happens to those projects. Um, but, I, you know, I think they're amazing. Obviously not for everybody, um, but I, I like the the crazier looking stuff. You know, as long as it's healthy. I yeah. think the uh, yeah. people complaining about scaleless being cruel is completely absurd. You know, and the people like, oh, they're missing body parts. I'm like, all snakes are missing body parts. That's why they're snakes, <laughs> you know. Spoiler um, alert: <laughs> They're missing at least know, four. <laughs> and, and if if the uh, not having the uh, the scales was going to be bad, all of them out there, there'd be plenty, you know, of evidence for that. It'd be like the whole lemon frost mm -hmm. project with the leopard geckos. You know, it wouldn't be some big secret, but it's they've been around long enough. I mean, people don't like them. That's fine. Um, I think the uh, the micro scale project is pretty cool. I, I think somebody today or not today, this year, finally produced microscale, scaleless stuff. And they have a, they're still microscale, but they're kind of off. Hmm. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Who was it? Might've been a couple people that produced them this year, but I think the microscale project's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it's just, the really the only thing bothering me about the corn stick right now, there's not a lot of new stuff that I'm aware of showing up yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Maybe maybe there is, and somebody just hasn't revealed it yet. Um, that's going to make up for it. Um, well, it makes me wonder if people are going to circle back to things that maybe just didn't get a whole lot of attention initially, sort of like the Castagna stuff. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and there's Carrazzo a lot of and things weird like that. stuff with that, with the, the mahoganies and mm -hmm. you know the rosy blood reds, the kind of stuff being really similar. Honestly, anybody kind of getting into it, I would my best advice to them would be focus on some selective breeding stuff. Because, you know, combo stuff, anybody can just buy the stuff and make it. To me, the selectively bred stuff was always a lot more fun to do, to always kind of improve on that. And sometimes you'll just end up with something not what you're expected. Mm -hmm. um, the Aztec stuff, I kind of there towards the end when I was breeding corns, I was producing like Aztecs with like a wide stripe. I had like three babies that one year. I think it was like 2013 that had like a complete stripe almost all the way down, big thick wow. stripe going down their back. Um, I ended up losing them. I had a issue. My uh, heater malfunctioned in my snake room 
and oh. killed like most of my animals that year. Damn. Um, Damn. I had, yeah, it was devastating. Um, but yeah, I tell people to work on some selectively bred stuff. I think there's a lot of potential for some really strange, unique stuff there. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, simple recessive or dominant or anything like that. And I think that's kind of more, you know, it, it's, it's more as an artist, um, you know, just trying to have an eye for the, the interesting stuff and, you know, holding that stuff back and just seeing what happens. Um, Cause to me, there's nothing more, you know, I remember one year I brought a pair of Amel Motley's and I hatched out like 30, I think 30 or so from that clutch. And they all, for even Motley was surprising. They all was pretty much identical. Wow. And I was like, eh, that's not fun. You know, <laughs> I like the stuff like, what the hell is this? Like, right. Yeah, um, a lot of my founder animals came from Rich Zukaskets or Penko. So I was always making like, I have no idea what some of the stuff is to this day. I had uh, some really weird looking, uh, super dark blood reds. I was calling ox bloods that were, you know, I've got photos somewhere of them that were like really like kind of like a mahogany with black flecks on them. Mm. Um, I had some, they might've been red factor before we really knew what that was. Lavenders. Um, and this was like in a height of the ball python craze. So I remember doing shows in St. Louis and I'd had these like, you know, almost hot pink magenta snakes with like purple blotches on them. I'm like, that's awesome. And I see people walking around with these ball pythons. I'm like, look at this. This is like crazy. But like nobody, you know, it's just they weren't in at that time. Yeah. Um, it's a shame, like, man. Corn snakes got hot by the time I was like getting out of it. But I don't mm -hmm. know. Stuff goes in cycles. It comes around. Who knows? Yeah. Um you know, it, most of the stuff that I like is kind of, you know, people would consider like the lower end stuff, like yellow rat snakes, Everglades rats, you know, cow yeah, kings, stuff like that. That's the stuff I like. I mean, you know, some like weird, you know, I've never just, I've just personally never been a boa python guy. I've kept a few for a little bit. And I just, eh, they just, I don't know if it's just, I don't have that connection to them like I do, you know. Everybody's got the thing that they like. So yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. Just, it's just kind of weird. It's like the reptile hobby now is so big. You kind of have like all these like little niche. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I have no idea what's going on almost. in like the, the monitor world or friendly you know, factions. The Bur mm -hmm. Burmese, you know, I don't know. Um, but 30 tribal. years ago, everybody had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Now, you know, yeah. so I am surprised yellow rats haven't become more popular. I mean, I understand like there's, there's, not a ton of variety in terms of what you're getting, but I feel like if there was more focus on line breeding those and sort of I trying think, to accentuate, I think it, a lot of it is yeah. just hype and promotion. Yeah, um, I think the whole thing with the the craze on the uh, Mexican Black Kings it just kind of like fueled itself. Um, yeah. So I mean, theoretically, you know, you know the uh, the yellow rats, the uh, the moonshine rats, those uh, greenish oh, intergrades, those yeah, are amazing looking awesome. snakes. And then you got some of like the uh, Will Birds, like Calico, Cowsucker, Midland, Gray Rat, kind of weird stuff there. So um, let's say another guy I'm friends with that lives not far from here, Dwight Good. He's on Instagram. He's not on Facebook. He is kind of like the man when it comes to black rat snake morphs. Um, yeah, when I was getting into it, the first racks I built, I got off his website. The guy is just like a need to look into having him on the show it's just like his knowledge and involvement and in all these crazy black rat snake morphs that's one thing that i think is really um not appreciated enough some of that stuff is just i'd agree yeah 
Um, there's some weird stuff in Europe people producing. I think some of it may have came from his stock. Um, at some point, he's a super nice guy. I've done shows with him before. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, breeders out there that are, like, aren't on Facebook or stuff like that. Um, that's, you know, like I said, that's probably to their benefit, but, uh, <laughs> that's how I make most of my business. So I, I kind of have to, um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of weird niche stuff out there and that's kind of the stuff that I, you know, yeah. you know, everybody kind of looks at corns as kind of like the beginner stuff. And I've had people used to give me a hard time about that. And I'm kind of like, you know, I made the, the design, um, Recently, I, I kind of was like nothing to prove but pos heads. Um, <laughs> it's like I just keep what I like. I mean, I really don't care if it's That's not awesome. some like badass king cobra more for like I right, you know, right. whatever. Not, not, not everything to... has to be a has to be a Bowens. <clears throat> yeah, right. not right. everything has to be top tier. Like no one's bred it. You know, got to be the the top guy to do. Yeah, it. I mean, and that's cool that people are. It's just like I I like what I like. It's like I'm, you know, kind of set in my ways at this point. I'm not going to get into you know, some super, you know, dragon snakes are amazing animals, but it's like, I'm not going to mess with that. No. Um, and hey, there's a reason why all of us keep going back to no matter how old we get, we keep going back to kings and corns. You know, so, what, yeah, that's, that's you know, that's just how I kind of know most people and how I, I kind of ended up doing like the logo thing. Um, it's just, you know, people knew who I was from breeding snakes. It's like if I would have just kind of came in out of the blue you know, I probably wouldn't have gained any traction, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's the stuff I like is like the lower end, usually the, you know, easier to get stuff, but I think it's still, you know, underappreciated at the yeah. same time. Um, and there's a lot of stuff like that, that I just think most people just don't see it shows. So they're just not interested in it. But I think, you know, if somebody wanted to, uh, get into breeding colubrids, just like find some species that you don't see at a show. It's like, yeah. if, if half the people are working without it to show, it's going to be really hard to kind of get into that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's what you like, that's great. But um, so many, you know, odd stuff that, you know, at one time I had a mud snake one time, a wild caught mud snake. It was not the easiest snake to keep. Gorgeous animals. Um, fortunately, I had a supply of uh, sirens. Nice. I could feed it. Um, but yeah, those don't make good pets. But there's a lot of, you know, like the... Uh, the, not the Mexican black, but the black king snake, the eastern black king snake. Yeah. Um, very underappreciated snakes. Um, Which I didn't even, even the, know you guys had out there. I have family that lives out in Dixon. I don't know if like 45 minutes west of Nashville out mm -hmm. there. And they sent me a picture. And I was completely unaware that they had those. Nice. Out there. I was like, I've never even seen kings there. But yeah, I I, like I said, the, the ones that I've used to catch them back in Southern Illinois. They're supposed to be black kings. To, they looked more like speckled kings. Um, the kind of the nickname some people were giving them was like Shawnee kings. Um, but yeah, and then when I moved here to Tennessee, they were, you know, completely. It, and that was the same way with a lot of animals. Like the, the rat snakes I caught back home were like these stereotypic, you know, black rat snakes. And then the ones here, they're supposed to be uh, gray rats, midland rats. To me, they didn't look like that either. They were like this weird olive color. I caught a gorgeous one off my uh, porch here in Nashville. The first year I moved to the place I'm at now, <laughs> just, I heard the, the dog barking and the neighbors were outside. There's like, there's a big snake in a tree and they didn't know me, know who I was. So I jumped off the deck about broke my ankle <laughs> and caught this big four foot gorgeous rat snake. And 
That's I wanted awesome. to keep it, but you can't keep anything here in Tennessee. So I just kind of relocated it kind of outside of town. Um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. You used to one thing and you kind of move a few states away and it's like the same animal basically, but they look very different. Um, so that's kind that's of fun. Awesome. Um, I need to start going out. I was taking my son out, you know, herping for a while there. And uh, he was having a lot of fun with that. Just wading through some shallow creeks and everything. And yeah, dude, get out towards like the Dixon Van Leer area. There's, there's nothing but back roads and stuff out there. It's yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. His, his grandma's got a, uh, a farm with a cabin that's like older than the state of Tennessee. Yep. Like wow. way out in the hills. Um, that's all awesome. kinds of cool stuff out there. Even has a swimming pool. Yeah. Nice. That, that's when we go, when we go swimming. Mm-hmm. Out there, we call that a cement pond. <laughs> what? They call it a cement pond. What? <laughs> no, I, I do. I keep talking to Jake. Like, I want to make a trip out to to my aunt and uncle's place out there in, in Dixon in the spring sometime because there's they live on Maybe. like their nearest neighbors are several hundred yards away, nice. and that's the closest ones. And they're just hills and there's big ass hortus and a lot of copperheads and all kinds of cool stuff. So. I, want to make a trip out there when it's not cold and uh, yeah. check it out because in the winter you ain't finding nothing out there. <laughs> yeah it's That's been awesome. so hot here lately it's yeah it is that is interesting though going back to the scaleless thing like that's something that I, I can't really wrap my head around i probably need to talk to wyman about it but like the fact that you can have that same thing pop up and so many other species, like there has to be some sort of. Well, I mean, you, you, you get like and... Amel and Hypo and Anery and, you know, everything else right, popping right. up. Um, you know, I've always been curious to know, like, what exactly is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, more like a. I don't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of what's causing the mutation? You know, like what is going on chemically? you know the same thing that triggers it and one's gonna you know i think in like cattle there's like i can't like so many different uh albino mutations that are different and you know corn's got a lot of hypo like mutations sunkiss mm-hmm. hypo dilute um ultra that uh, you know really now if somebody's buying stuff hard telling what some of it is yeah um it's almost you know unfortunate that there's so many genes now that it's going to be a nightmare trying to tell them apart so Maybe somebody's going to have some sort of genetic DNA testing. I know there's uh, some places seen it's working on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the corn snakes had their genome mapped a few years ago. Um, so, you know, there's at least like a foundation for kind of getting that going. But And that stuff's just going to get cheaper and easier over time. Right. So that could be, I don't know, it's kind of cool, but it sometimes takes the fun out of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know what you got, you know, those surprise sets are always fun. The thing that always scares me is like the idea of like retained sperm from like a previous year. Right. And you think, and you had like a different male mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this one's like het for this. I'm like, is it? Or right. is it maybe that male, you know, last year, you know, who knows what's going on. And you get all, there's the genetic stuff. There's all kinds of weird stuff that like null alleles and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, sex link traits and, I think there's that was an uh, one of the issues with like sender. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a disproportion. I think is it males? 
I don't remember what it was, but yeah, either the males or females, you know, they were more likely to be sender than not. Um, so, you know, I think just as a, you know, better understanding of genetics, uh, that's, you know, I kind of like picking that stuff apart and kind of figuring out not just, this is what you get if you mix this and this, but why, what's going on? Like, if you look at those chromatophores under a microscope and what layer are they being shuffled around is something, you know, blocking something else and how can you, you know, figure out how to amplify something or reduce something else. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, a, there's still a lot that can be learned and more than just, again, that's, I want to know what's going on than just like making the thing. I find right, that more fascinating. Right. It's like, I can draw, that was what cool thing about drawing. It's like, I can draw any morph, any animal I want. You know, I can make up stuff. I've drawn like neon hognose snakes before. Um, but to me, it's like, what would you have to do to something like that? What would have to happen to, you know, the, uh, the genetics of it to cause that sort of thing? That's, that's what I find more interesting. I'm still waiting for the turquoise corn snake. Dude, I had a one dream day. one time that I had like these bright emerald green corn snakes. And I woke up. I was so depressed. It was a dream. <laughs> um, but like the, uh, the Arizona green rats, I mean, that's, I'd love to have some of those someday. Yeah, man. Um, you know, that's kind of a, you know, that's a green rat snake. So would they look something like that? Um, I did like an April fool joke when I used to always do an April fool's joke. And then I remember this one year, um, I made like an all black corn snake in Photoshop and I had it listed. I wrote up a good backstory and I'm not going to mention who it was, but a well-known breeder offered me $10,000 for the snake. <laughs> I was like, damn, I kind of wish that was real now. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so you just kind of get an idea of what it would, but then again, you know, some of the, the crazy stuff mixing, you, you know, it's not like mixing paint. It's not like you're going to mix a red and a white snake and make a pink one. You know, like the, uh, the shatters we were talking about, it's a good example of nobody thought expected that. So who knows, you know, um, I always said to the opposite of a micro scale and have a macro scale corn. It looked like a, you know, type of viper pine cone looking, I mean, is that something, you know, that's eventually yeah. 50 years down the road, something that's, you know, no one thought we'd had palmettos and scalos now um, it's true. back then. So who knows? I had a few corn snakes I hatched out um, that had like, they were really short and stocky, almost hmm. like a hog nose ball python. No, maybe not that extreme, but they, they weren't as long. Uh, I don't know if it was like a dwarfism type gene. I know uh, people that's hatched out corns with no eyes and it was genetic. Thankfully, they culled all those off. Um, so, you know, any, anything. I had a weirdest thing I ever hatched out. I had a clutch of eggs. Um, all but one or two of them hatched. One of them looked like it went bad. The other one, I was getting ready to throw it out. It had been a couple days. And I went to peel the, uh, the egg back, and I saw a little tongue flicker. And I'm like, oh, there's a snake in here. Out comes a snake missing the, the uh, front part of the top of its head like it had the brain case no eyes the whole bottom oh, jaw wow. and its tongue was sticking out it totally do you remember that show v with the aliens um back in the 80s it was on tv um 
the, the lady gave birth to like the lizard baby at the end flicking its <laughs> tongue, but it just totally freaked me out. I mean, I euthanized the animal, but yeah, it was missing Man. half of the top part of its head. There was no way it was going to survive or anything like that. You know, I've seen snakes with their organs born outside their body. Oh, um, unfortunate part of breeding is you get weird, sad stuff like that happening. Yeah. Um, it's part of the dance. Yeah. So some of that stuff you usually don't make too public, um, but it's, you know, anybody that's, you know, stuff like that bothers them. They might want to reconsider breeding because not every baby born is healthy and not every healthy baby wants to eat. And when you get like 300 baby corn snakes that aren't one to eat pinky mice, it can be very frustrating to try and do all the tricks to get them going and everything. Was there any morph in particular when you were, you know, in full swing with breeding where you noticed that was more of a problem than others? Um, like I know the Miami stuff has traditionally been known. To I be never had, you know, maybe, going. maybe I just got lucky. Um, nothing's really coming to mind. I know everybody said like lavenders were prone to kinking. I never noticed that with my lavenders. Um, I mean, I had stuff that would kink to me. It seemed like the kinking was more of a, uh, incubation issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't really think of anything. I, you know, I'd have sometimes clutches that would just wouldn't want to feed, but I can't really, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily anything genetic, who knows? Um, nothing's really coming to mind that I think I had too much problem with. It, it, it seemed like when I would, it would be like a, a certain clutch for whatever mm-hmm. reason than just a certain morph. Right. That makes sense. What uh, what bows and pythons were you keeping when you when you did have some? Uh, admittedly, I had some ball pythons for a short time, and I just kind of like, eh, you know, um, ended up selling them to a local pet store. I just like, I don't know. They just, I'm not gonna knock them. Like I said, a lot of my logo commissions are ball pythons, and they've done a lot to help the hobby and stuff like that. I just, um, I don't know. I just never. I think some of them are pretty. Uh, I just. To me, it's like there's other stuff that I want more and yeah. to have that space and resources for an animal that I'm not super excited about having when there's stuff that I would rather have. Um, you know, I'd rather have some weird obscure milk snake personally than the hottest python morph that there is. Just, I don't know. That's just. We get it, man. We we, we definitely get it. <laughs> That's right. <You're laughs> preaching to the choir on that one. So I never really bought into the hype. I like what I like. And if other people like it, that's cool. Um, same thing with my art. I make the stuff that I like. Other people like it. That's cool. Um, they want me to commission them to do something else. You know, that's fine. But, um, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I just never really been one into kind of following whatever, you know, the end thing is. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm not trying to make money or I wouldn't have been breeding corn snakes. Not to say that some people haven't or can't, but I've just never been into the doing it to make money thing. It's uh, sure. I think if there's anything that you like and you put your heart into it, you could probably, you know, make some money off of it. But, you know, I don't like looking at snakes as commodities. And I just think it's kind of weird that some snakes are valued more for no reason. You know, why, why is, uh, you know, why is a, uh, yellow rat snake like $40 and some other snakes like $5,000. You know, I've seen snakes that shows for $20,000. Mm-hmm. It's like just because people determined 
you know, hey, if you can get 20, that's awesome. That's amazing. If you, you know, they're probably not, you know, it's probably more of that stuff usually trades, but um, I don't know. Just, I like what I like, you know, um, nothing's going to, maybe I'm just getting too old and set my way. I'm more likely to like stuff because people don't like it and to quit <laughs> liking it because it's like the cool thing. I don't know. Yeah, kind of my rebellious it. streak there, but. Our, it's a phase. Good, I'm, I'm going to grow out of it eventually, maybe when I'm 60. I don't know. Our, our good buddies in the group chat, Billy Jenkins, and he says, you got to get a carpet python. It'll change you. You know, my ex had carpet pythons. Um, I like drawing them. I, <laughs> I don't. I just. Spoken uh, like it, a true colubrid guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just. To me, yeah, the, uh, I'd rather have a speckled king snake. That's just me. Desert king or something like that. Same color scheme. Um, yeah. Not, not, like I said, I don't have anything against them. It's just not, that's cool. You know, other people like other stuff. But, and I, again, I think it's just more of like, I have more of that uh, connection with king snakes and rat snakes and stuff like that, because it's mm-hmm. what I'm used. Maybe if I'm from, it was from Australia or something like that, I would feel different. Sure. Hi, son. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I like the Eastern Blacks so much. They <laughs> remind me of hey, diamond yeah. pythons. Like yeah, and I know that that stuff can get kind of interesting too, with like all the different islands and localities, and you know, I think that's kind of a, they had a really interesting story with the how the sea levels used to be a lot lower and all that stuff. You know, when the they went back up and they get trapped and isolated, and it kind of you know started going into their different forms. I find that part of it fascinating. Um, but yeah, Australia stuff is weird. With their you know they can't keep anything not native, and there's a lot of cool stuff there that's we don't have here and yeah so or we do and it's an arm and a leg and a kidney yeah um it eventually makes its way out but i don't know i weird mixed feelings on that some kind of stuff i mean i can see if something's super rare um but i don't know i'm hot dad okay i'll be done in a minute bud mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean like a real minute yeah okay so um yeah it's you know i don't know maybe something i'll i uh there's a lot of weird you know stuff that the uh, locality stuff i wouldn't mind having with some of the uh north american colubrids and stuff like that um like those outer banks kings those are really cool oh, yeah um they're they're next on my hit list yeah um you know there's the some of the, I wouldn't mind having, you know, milks. I just, like I said, if I start getting into it, it's going to be, you know, I, it'll be like go to 100 snakes and then to like 200 snakes and then 300, you know, and I just, I just kind of, I've only got so much, you know, time to do things and I can't, you know, I kind of got the art thing going. And if I start splintering myself off, it's just going to, I can't do one thing mildly. I have to go a hundred percent. So it's going <laughs> to yeah. take away from something else. Right. You ever do anything with any old world stuff? Uh, I, back in the day, I wanted some stuff um, like the, the Molen dwarfs oh, and yeah. uh, the beauty snakes and stuff like that. Um, but I, I haven't kept any, I thought about it for a while. It's just, some of that stuff is really uh, particular and mm-hmm. you know, it's husbandry. Um, and they're not cheap either. So I don't know. I just kind of, you know, like the, uh, the corns, kings, rat snakes, that stuff, they pretty much all got identical yeah. care for the most part, a few exceptions. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like if you were, if so, you're keeping fox snakes, you'd be great with the Mullendorfs. 
Rhino yeah, I, I've noticed uh, mine. They they like it a little cooler, which makes sense being from the Great Lakes. Um, yeah, yeah. They they. I always wanted some of those for years, um, but back in Illinois, I couldn't have them, and so it's kind of here. I can't. They're not easy to get um, because of the, you know the regulations everywhere, and they're probably not going to get you know losing a lot of their habitat too. I'm sure from development too. So who mm. knows? It's kind of sad to think about sometimes. I mean, there's, there's places I used to go when I was a kid. Uh, I'll go back and visit family in Southern Illinois. And this one area I used to go out herping and it's just all, it's all gone. It's been strip mined. Wow. I mean, just miles of it. It's just, it's all gone. Like ponds. I used to go out and catch, uh, uh, salamander eggs, spotted tiger salamanders and stuff like that when I was a teenager. And it's just, all of it's just gone. Like all those animals, you know, maybe there was some weird, unique population of stuff. And that's just the stuff that I know about in my lifetime. Who knows what was there, you know, a hundred years ago. That's just, you know, um, a lot of animals have, you know, a lot of salamanders too. They've just got this one little local population too, species. So try not to think too much about it, but it's just, unfortunately kind of, it's not going to get any better. Right. Right. You're, you're right. So. I mean, I, I understand the argument, too, that people like kind of the uh, captive breeding to kind of save stuff. But even then, back when I was saying about the uh, locality stuff, it's like eventually you breed enough of the stuff. It's going to not look like the original animal. Yeah. So. What about um, Pituophis? Yeah, you can only do so. Um, I had Cape Gopher once. I never did end up getting a male, so I sold the female. I would like to get some more of that stuff. I kind of feel like that's kind of like the... Uh, the next step up from rat snakes. I was going to say that's like the fourth, the fourth one of the big four. Yeah, like you're, they they're a little more space for those guys too. Um, but they, you know, those are impressive snakes. And hearing them hiss, you know, the one I had, you could hear it from the other room. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, they usually calm down once you you know get a hold of them. But they're impressive, big bull snakes, and I love that stuff too. I've never, like I said, kept a lot of those. Um, trying to think i i saw a uh at a show about a year ago someone here in nashville had a friend of mine had a uh the, a really black and white northern pine oh nice uh, it looked yeah. like the one in that autobahn field guide um i was like you know he he sold it super quick too i was like yeah i'm not surprised like, of course a gorgeous of course. you know animal i'm just kind of at this point just enjoying having like pets mm-hmm. not yeah, having man. to it's so weird now it's like oh, i gotta feed my snakes and it's like, oh, I've got three snakes at the moment to feed. It's going to take me five minutes. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like I'm used to it being like a weekend thing or something like that. It's oh, like, yeah. So just trying to get my brain wired, you know, back to it's this isn't as, you know, it's like, oh, you know, like this time of a year um, back then, it'd be hatching out like something new every day. Um, and then you got, oh, I got all these babies I got to feed and clean in addition to all the adults. And it's like, this is, I couldn't wait till, you know, November, December comes around when most of them are sold. And like kind of the adults were brumating and everything, take a break. But, and then spring comes around. I can't wait to start back. So yeah, like, I, thought, I thought it was funny earlier. You're like, yeah, I cut back down to a hundred. And I was like, oh man, it's awesome. I think it was like 109. <laughs> I, I, I thought I sold all but a hundred and I'm going to pull everything. I was like, oh, I found nine more that I didn't <laughs> sell and but uh that's cool man and I always have to do stuff in like even number you know I could have 100 snakes I could never have like 84 snakes or 114 you know it's like I, yeah. yeah I gotta have these weird 
twenty or twenty five, hundred fifty, something like that. Like weird number thing. You're not alone, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of us like that. <laughs> and then everything has to be like uncertain. They got to be. I love organizing and categorizing stuff like that. They'd have to be in a certain order. I just couldn't have stuff mixed up. They either have to be in like I never like I've had over ten thousand snakes in my lifetime. I've never named any of them. They've had ID numbers. I just I don't know. I just never. Apart from my dogs, I never named pets. Um, really? What about the snakes you got now? I mean, just the snakes now. I've just got to the, the, the three. They're like the fox snake and okay, the, okay, the male okay. um, Slowinski and the female, you know. And But before it was like everything had like a I, – I made my own numbering system. Like the corn snakes, it was like PGG um, hyphen, and I started off with 0001. And yeah. I kept everything after that. I kept it too and just kept going up. And so that I made a database so I could track everything, see who was related to who. And I kind of, I guess I kind of had names. Cause like, Oh, that's one seventy nine. you know? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. C3PO kind of a, you know, they kind of <laughs> had their number was their name or whatever like that. Yeah. But that's cool, man. And they, you know, cool. and they certainly did have personalities. Every once oh, in yeah. a while I'd get one corn snake that didn't know he was a corn snake and thought he was like a black racer or something, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like I, I got a, a a big male Texas indigo, and I would ask everyone like, "Hey, what should we name this thing?" Or you know, ask friends or or, or girlfriend or whomever, and they were like, "Oh, I want to name it this, name it that, name it this." I was like, "Nope, he is the Texan." That's it. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah, I stranger. That. Yeah, that was one of the names, believe it or not. No, I believe it. <laughs> so, Texas Pete. I'm trying to plug my phone in here. You still hear me? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was going to uh, say, he, he touched it. It moved. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, hey, man, uh, where can people get a hold of you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we can't hear you now. No, now we can't hear you. You broke did it. I don't think yeah, I don't think he, he can hear us either. I don't think he can hear us. Nope. He's gonna have to say this all over again. Poor guy. Wop. Oh, I think he just heard it. Uh oh. <laughs> gonna, we're gonna get little flags for the show. Like, you know, hold up the red <laughs> flag, the green flag. <laughs> Black means we're ending soon. <laughs> Have a little like stop sign, stop light here. Yeah, 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 yeah. What happened to your on-air sign? You still got that thing? It's yeah, it's right here. But when you turn it on, like you can't see the letters. It's just a light. So. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Can you hear us now, bud? We can't hear you at all. Now he's muted. Bum bum bum. How's that that neff egg doing? Uh, it is a the boob egg from hell, but I hit it with a really, really, really bright light, and it's got something living in there. There you so, go. So yeah, no no movement, but uh. 
but it's there actually i was letting my photos load hoping that i could yeah it, it didn't load i'll have to send it to myself real quick um but it's it's got something living in there so i'm wondering if that other baird's egg is gonna hatch it's all it's shaped like a freaking tortilla chip yeah the uh, did you candle that one recently or no uh, I haven't. I I've pretty much put them in the incubator and leave you know left them be. I candled them initially, and you know everything was good. But right, um, they come back. Do, do, do. There he is. There I am. Technical difficulties. Yeah. So here I'll show that uh that egg real quick. Uh, where is it? It's not the best picture because it's cell phone through the deli cup but i was when i when i hit it with the light i was like oh my god there's something living in there thank god you know so there it is and it's small and it's runty but but it's alive but it's alive and there's there's definitely something percolating up in there that'd be so. hilarious if it was like the silhouette of your finger or something behind it <laughs> definitely not it's i was alive. hoping I was hoping something like melanistic or something, <laughs> you know, the, the worst egg of all time. And it cr- turns out to be the coolest gecko, <laughs> but I got two more girls that look like they're all swole up. So, uh, well, fingers crossed on them too. Nice. <clears throat> so <laughs> Donovan's going to jump back <laughs> in in a second. He popped in, we heard him and now he popped out, but well, uh, is there anything else you want to cover tonight, buddy? Uh, I don't think so. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll let uh, Donovan do his uh, his plugs and such. We'll go from there. Is uh for those who? Oh, there he is. I think I'm He's back. back. He's Bam. back, and we can hear him. There he is. <laughs> so right well, when you started to talk, I unplugged my headphones, and it threw everything off. Ah, uh, okay. Well, as I was gonna say, right when you started to talk about your website and Instagram and all that, is when we lost audio. So, oh. you you want to give give your plugs, man? Go for it. Okay, yeah, it's uh, drawn to scales, uh, drawn to scales My website, Instagram is drawn to scales. Of course, I got a Facebook page. I don't really give it much attention because, as everyone knows, if you're not paying Facebook, they're not going to show your posts anyway. So, yep, I've got it just to have it. But you know, um, like I said, in my personal profile but yeah instagram probably gonna have more stuff on it um i've got my t-shirts and everything i'm on etsy as well i'd rather people if they want to buy t-shirts prints posters whatever they buy them off my website so you know etsy's gonna take their cut of it so but yeah yeah but yeah etsy pays my rent sometimes here around you know last part of the year around christmas i do pretty good so nice nice good awesome i believe it well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show this time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was awesome. I really man. appreciate it. And I, I really do look forward to that that King Snake poster. It's going to be super like, cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to try to get it done this week. I just got the uh, Eastern to go. I'm waiting for the uh, a friend's going to send me a good photo of one to go off of. Um, super excited about it and probably going to jump right into a uh, rat snake one after that and eventually awesome. come around to do every all the other King Snakes that left out, all the Mountain Kings, Bird Kings, Gray Bands. So, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, who knows? I've, I've got a lot more. I don't, I got a really, really big project. I don't want to give, you know, might be a while before I get around to it. 
I don't want to give it away because I don't want nobody stealing my idea. But <laughs> fair enough, bro. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, hey man, thanks so much for coming on the show, dude. It was a legit blast. Yeah, yeah, enjoy it. Me. This episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. And the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons, our friends in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, check them out. Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, stay up to date with what they've got hatching, what they've got for sale. And check out in the link tree. Um, there's a link to my Morph Market and some of the stuff I've got posted right now. More to come on that. Uh, so, yeah, you want some legit locality corns? They might even be the rarest locality available. Oh, really? I mean, I'm the only person that I I know of that's doing anything with them. So that is true. You know, it's very I, very true. I don't know. There could be some like 90 year old dude somewhere on the island doing something with them, but <laughs> I'm not aware of them. So yeah, yeah, and but they're F1, they, right? They are, but they're also just they're just corn snakes. So. It's the best kind. I don't want to church it up too much, but, you know. Anyways, we will be back for THP on Thursday. Uh, Jack Oliver is going to be joining us, cool. a fellow South Carolinian from the upstate, so anxious to get into that one. And, uh, yeah, then we'll be back for Snakes and Stogies again on Monday. Awesome. So thank you, everybody. Have a good evening, good morning, good day, whenever you may be listening to this. If you were in the chat, thank you. But yes, thank you very I'm much. Take it with us. And uh, we'll see y'all later. Bye.